0: Chilo!
1: be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table.
2: He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years.
1: She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life.
2: Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith and family.
1: So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. So, he's the podcast ninja, Luke McKinney. He's been my son-in-law ever since he married my daughter.
2: Which was when?
1: Uh, a while back. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's been a long time. You guys have been married more than 10 years.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You guys have been married since 2008? Wow. Mm-hmm. Good job. 2008? So you do the math, Carl. And uh, I was just thinking about how Luke's not in the credits and he's been on the podcast pretty regularly. So do we need to... We need to give him...
2: My light blinked in my dining room and it distracted me. You give him
1: credit. Luke is here under protest today because uh, he's just doing it because I asked
0: him to just be here.
2: He's going to sit there and suck on pretzels and look at you He'd rather be outside
1: like, smashing his fingers. This is
2: all I your have fault. have
0: nine more fingers to smash.
1: He's got nine more fingers to smash. You've got
2: ten fingers um. to smash. You can smash the same one again. <laughs> there are no rules against it. True. <laughs> just because you smashed it once. <laughs> You don't have to smash as I them know, all equally. It's still attached and it belongs to you. So smash away.
1: It's not an egalitarian finger smashing.
2: No. Yeah. There's an infinite number of smashes that you could sustain.
1: Start smashing toes. Anyway, he's out building a shed. He's not building a shed. He's.
2: It's reconstructing it, we bought this shed that basically was rotting in every place, and mm-hmm. so then he's systematically replacing all the places. It's, it's like the a shed of yeah. theseus. <laughs> the I was shed. about to say that <laughs> that's what it is. I'm not sure what we paid for, but I don't think it exists anymore. And mm-hmm. it, this is a brand it's new the, shed. Is
0: it the
1: same shed? Yeah, I would submit that it's not. <laughs> the shed it's, of it's a whole new shed, <laughs> anyway. It looks good. I've uh, I've hit it a couple times with frisbees. Mm-hmm. It can withstand that. It's, uh, it's standing up to that. Uh, so I was thinking today about the, uh, how did I get into it? I was thinking about you killing moles, and why was I thinking about this? Because, oh, I was thinking about the, the how men and women are just as good at how women are just as good as men at all sorts of things, and therefore they should be able to, to do what men do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the illustration that popped into my head as I was walking around was, well, yeah, you know you can stab a mole to death with a screwdriver or with a hunting knife. But why would you use a screwdriver when you have a hunting knife?
0: That is what I had handy. Right. Yeah.
2: I don't think that anybody understands the analogy that you're trying to make. You could use a garden
0: hoe, a pencil. I'm pretty
2: sure the screwdriver analogy actually started out with Douglas Wilson, and I'm pretty sure that he said that you could stir your coffee with it.
0: Mm. With a screwdriver? Yes. But that doesn't mean it's the best. That's
2: what he's trying to do here. But he kind of, like, made the observation that you could use either a screwdriver or a hunting knife and then didn't really tie it back around to the male-female No, that's
0: why I have you. Mm. You That's don't have, have to here. resharpen your screwdriver, though. You stab the dirt enough times with your hunting knife, and you have to resharpen it.
2: Okay, but if it doesn't need to be sharp, why do you have to resharpen the hunting knife? Why can't you just?
0: It's not a matter of sharpness. No, because the hunting knife gets used for more than just stabbing the ground.
2: Hmm.
0: Used to open things.
2: The hunting knife is used to open things.
0: It can't be. But why mm-hmm. would you use
1: a hunting knife when you have? Something else to open. So um,
2: I talked to my kids yesterday, the two younger ones who are still homeschooled, while the older ones were at the private school. I was talking about ancient Egypt with Emery and Silas, specifically about mummies and how the process was. And we went into great detail about exactly how this reminded me, because you said open things, and they opened the bodies up and like pulled stuff out Mm -hmm. and uh, shoved stuff in and Mm -hmm. wrapped things and then put them back in and um we talked about decay because i was like do you guys know what decay is because you're trying to stop the decay and i kept saying the salt and the spices would help them not to decay and then i'm like do you know what this even is that i'm talking about and silas said rot which is correct um but i said did you know that grandma Lori had an experience with this i said bodies. Rot, and they stink the same way that, like, chicken in our trash can starts to smell, or beef, any food that you leave out to Or a know.
1: dead groundhog in the fireplace. Dead oh, groundhog
2: that. in the fireplace. Oh, so bad. But I said to the kids, Grandma Lori had a story where she walked outside of her house and smelled a body, and she could tell that it was a big, dead thing, and she didn't know what it was. She thought maybe a chicken died, but it wasn't that, and that she was worried because she started to suspect that perhaps her neighbors were up to something <laughs> that she wasn't going to like if uh, she stumbled upon it. Yeah. And her neighbor confessed to having deer Killing entrails. Killing his wife. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, okay. he, he had dressed his own deer and then brought the intestines home. And so I said this to the kids, and they thought it was really
0: funny. <laughs> Why would you do that, Luke? Mm, I doubt that's what happened. I bet he dressed it at home. He, there's no like reason to bring. The yard, no like, reason right. to bring the guts home. He didn't want
2: to leave it in the field. And he, why? I don't know. I don't know these neighbors. I know enough of them that I don't think they're the brightest bulbs. <laughs> Why would you leave it on the back porch? If you did bring this, it like either way. Even if he did dress it in his own backyard, why would he leave them under a cooler in the backyard or in the on the back porch for like? I don't want to leave
1: weeks? these out here in the woods where no one is. That's, they're gonna stink. Right. I'm gonna bring them home, and put them in my backyard. In his
2: no, in his porch on his back porch in a cooler <laughs> behind some box. He just left them there for mm-hmm. like two weeks until mom could smell it out in Ugh. her yard behind his house.
1: Wow, yeah. so what did your children think of that?
2: They laughed, which yeah. was the point that I was trying to make. And so, anyway, <laughs> all that to say-
0: Yeah, bring this home.
2: Well, you were talking about hunting knives and uh-huh. um, opening things. And so I just wanted you to know that your children are in good hands being taught all about-
1: <laughs> They're being taught that- Field dressing. How mummies work. <laughs> right, Got, gotcha. Well,
2: and, and how rotting Works, and the fact that bodies, human bodies decay just as much and and stinkily, I guess. And stinkily. Oh, differently? See,
1: you see how uh, how quickly things move, you know, from one topic to another topic and, and I'm the one who gets called out for that. But you just did exactly what I do.
0: You weren't it's going like, anywhere. See, well, that's, well, well, it's, it's, that's the thing. I wasn't going where you were going. It started with... Men and women are supposedly the same, and now we're it's, talking about deer guts on a porch.
1: Well, it's because it's because I have been emotionally and psychologically wounded by being excluded from a couples event that oh. I used to be a part oh, of. I, see. I really so, did not know and where you So she, So I was thinking about how uh, one of the things that I used to... One of the things that I used to get in trouble for at couples events was suggesting that uh, that maybe men and women don't have the same function within a relationship. And that quick, not quickly, but gradually got me moved to the outside well, of that group.
2: But I don't think... Come that, on,
1: that's what did it. No, I
2: don't think it was because women in Christian conservative circles are happy to like, to accept complementarianism. They're happy to accept that the roles are different, but what they mean by that is women do all the real work and men are not necessary. Like, that's that's the side of that that they're willing to accept. They love the idea that only women can give birth. That You never got in trouble in a conservative event for saying something like that. No. They love the idea that women are the only ones who can feed the very young with their bodies. You know, they're the only ones who can... Um, they're, they have all of these amazing abilities that men don't have. It when you get in trouble is when you start then talking about what men can do that women can't. So it's weird because they do accept differences, but then it's only when you start to unpack them that you could potentially. I don't, potentially th- get I don't think it's
0: a matter of what you can or can't do. I think it's a matter of what your biblical duty is. Why you were given these gifts. Well,
2: you're gonna run afoul of the. Uh, reform circles that we are a part of. Cuz there's no question that yep.
0: women can preach and there's no question that women can
2: They're actually they're actually making the argument that that is it's not true that they literally and physically cannot because what they're doing is not preaching for the same reasons that a, a man who puts on a wig is not mothering even if he changes diapers and gives bottles, you know, and sings and reads stories like he's still not mothering that a woman is not preaching when she stands up in front of a group and opens the Bible.
1: Right. But I think that the to give, to give Luke's point the strength that it deserves, what, that, that is the argument, that, that if preaching is just proclaiming, saying things from the Bible... Right then women are just as capable of men, as men is doing that. That's the argument. Right, it's like women can not... teach. I can learn things from women. Are you say you saying a woman can't teach me anything? You're saying that, that no woman has ever taught a man anything?
2: And right, but that's... that's not what preaching is. and like that, So that's the whole point, because the same argument gets made by the radical feminists when they're like, you're saying a man can't love his children? You're saying a man can't pick out their clothes in the morning and and you know brush their hair is that what you're saying you're right. saying that only women can do that stuff and it's like no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that women can't be reduced to a bunch of activities like that and men specifically preachers can't be reduced to merely people who are capable of reading who from deliver bible. sermons yeah.
1: right and, mm-hmm. and formulate bible studies right no, well the,
0: the complementarian and egalitarian argument is generally about what god intended not not the who can and who can't like that's where the argument centers
2: they are now, I'm telling you, they are now talking about nature versus um, action or, or um, what's the word, ability, I guess. They're talking about the nature of a woman. And specifically, again, Douglas Wilson is one of them. Um, Vody Bauckham has made this argument before. And he's a Baptist. He's not even Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, they're now saying it was a huge mistake for complementarians to make the argument that a woman can do anything a man can do. Because right. it's not... True. It makes this it makes the argument that God created men and women basically the same, but he for no reason just said, but you shouldn't. Right. You can do all of these things, but you can't but you can't just because I say. And you shouldn't. And so that's where that's where they're starting to, to kind of push back against the line a bit.
1: Right. And and it is gonna be <clears throat> uh, it's gonna be a hearty heavy push that's going to have to happen because the the (laughs) argument be a mighty it's going to be a mighty shove because the argument that luke articulated is pretty thoroughly entrenched in evangelicalism and so there are a lot of people who when you when you respond the way you just responded they're going to look at you like what are you even talking about what are you i can
2: become a bodybuilder i can become a preacher, I can do these things, but I won't because I'm a good Christian woman who obeys what God says. Even though He had no reason for saying it, it's just my my act of acquiescence to say no to what I would be perfectly able to do, and could you know, it would edify people. I right. would, I could potentially save souls, but I won't because God doesn't want me to. I could potentially, you know, move countries you know politically i could change worlds. i could be
1: joan of arc I
2: could, right mm-hmm. i could make a big big mark on history in a positive way but i won't because god says no so i will listen. god
1: god has given me all of this talented potential <laughs> right. so the and trouble
0: that you're running into in these couples conferences is more than likely because you're upsetting the women Oh, it's Be- always about because the women. it's because it's women who are typically <laughs> yeah, crossing yeah,
1: yeah, lines yeah, yeah, yeah. that they shouldn't. It's, always, in this it's always upsetting the women, and and the men who are the quote unquote leaders, and they hold the office of leadership in this. They're writing the books, and they're putting the conferences on, and they're the speakers. Are not wanting to deal with the fallout from the women. And That's always what it is. The men don't right. care. It's because
2: well, it's
0: the women who are buying the tickets right. for these. Anyway, right. that's what
2: I was going to say. The women are the ones who actually decide. Hey, we're going to go to this conference together, this couples conference, and work on our marriage. We're right. going to have a you know vacation or go. to It's a retreat. You know, it's a weekend. Of, it's like a
1: it's a week long date night. Right. We're going to reconnect. <laughs> and it's
2: going to cost us a pretty penny, but it's worth it because as a Christian couple, we believe in investing in our marriage. And, and that is
1: how you invest it, in your marriage yes. is you spend quality time together. Away from your responsibilities.
2: <laughs> away from your household and your <laughs> and children and, and
1: grandchildren. Yeah, doing, doing something that doesn't edify anybody or anything.
2: Eating uh, a lot and listening to worship yeah. music and just kind of generally feeling good about yourself. That's, <laughs> that's how
1: you work on your relationship.
2: Uh, that's how you do it. Would you tell Emery to she, go out on the porch with those skates? Rem- remove <laughs>
1: yourself from all semblance of real life.
2: She is thumping around and in
1: live the a fantasy, but yeah, I got. Uh, I'm I'm not welcome anymore in those groups. And the peaches said, "It's
2: not official." The, the peaches don't in her, make it more dramatic. Than
1: in it her is. usual, uh, what's the word? I, I want to say bedside manner, but I'm not really sick. But your your usual, my tact with your usual level of of tact yeah of sympathy. tact and tenderness. She right. said, hey, "You wouldn't want to be there anyway." It's
2: true. <laughs> you would, you're not even. You're feeling like the kid in second grade who didn't get an invitation to somebody's birthday, the popular kid's birthday party. It's
1: not like I don't, it's not like I wasn't expecting an invitation. I used to be on that stage. I used to be with those people.
2: Nobody called us and said, listen, we can't work with you anymore because John's too inflammatory. Nobody sent us an email complaining no, it's no not one like, will. It's not like because they're reached, too nice. No, because you don't want to be there. Like even if they had contacted us and said, "Is John interested in coming with us on this retreat?" And you would have said ex- no. No, I wouldn't have necessarily said no, but I also wouldn't have immediately gone. This is going to be great. It's right in you know right in our wheelhouse. Everything we're talking about right now is what they're
1: talking <laughs> about. No, 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 no. About. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying this subconsciously. They're not even aware of it. They're they're not even aware of the fact that they have ousted me from their clique. Right,
2: that's what I'm trying to get you to admit to Carl, because you're making it sound like there's controversy, and there's not. It's not
0: that he wants to go, it's that he wants to be invited. Right,
2: which is a chick move.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying in her usual... Not her that I want tenderness. to go.
2: I just wanted to be invited. You don't. No, want I don't to go. want to
1: be invited. What I want them to do is recognize that they have ousted me and and have thoughts about it. That's what I want. I
2: don't think that <laughs> I want
1: them to come to me and go. You know what, John? Are bad. We no, we have I think made a that's mistake. That's going to
2: happen. That will only happen if and when you're making more money than they are. And yeah. so, unless, well, then
1: then they still won't admit what the problem is. Then they'll no, still go. Well, he's he's making money, and that's all that matters.
2: They're there might be more pull in that situation should god bless your ministry and cause it to thrive and have you know suddenly it's got a lot of um, revenue behind it then they might come to you again and they might say hey listen we got this project and we've been thinking about doing this or that and then we would have more of a position to be able to say no we're not doing that because what we've been doing over here is working but if you'd like to talk about how you can shift gears and maybe get a to be a part of what we're doing over here. but well, we what can. they're
1: doing is working as well. So why would they switch?
2: No, no, What you're, what they're doing is working only from a financial standpoint. What I'm saying is that if I thought that's what we were talking about. If theoretically we can get, we can have both money and morality, then we're going to choose that.
1: Who has ever done that? Well, <laughs> who has ever, who has ever made a fortune being? Morally, ethically, and and like Constantine, biblically
2: correct? Like, <laughs> like you well, know, that's my question. Other people who built Christendom in the past, like
0: Oliver Anthony,
2: it's possible. I don't think Oliver Anthony is making any money off of his stuff yet. He
1: says he's but. not,
2: um, but but yeah, if you if it's possible, that's the route we'll take. If it's not, then we'll choose morality. And so, that's why I'm saying it is theoretically. There's theoretically a way that you could have some influence again, but you're the only no, way. Is that's if you what make I'm money. saying. I don't
1: want that. I don't want. I just, they're just going to pay attention to me because I have a lot of money now. That that's not that's not the sort of influence. I want I want the I want the rightness of my philosophy to be what they notice. I don't right. want I don't want to have to make if a million you, dollars. And if then, you can
2: tell them. Listen. I would have the same philosophy whether I was making money or not. And I had the same I have said that.
1: I had a conversation with one of them a couple of years ago.
2: Right. So I don't understand why you're like mad about the situation. It's just a
1: feeling. It's just emotion. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you how I feel.
2: They said in no uncertain terms, or at least one of your acquaintances has said in no uncertain terms, that the choice is between money and being right. And it's so, between
1: working, right. It's, right. it's like, if I was to start to do the things and say the things that you're saying, I would not be able... I would lose my platform. I wouldn't be able to circulate among evangelicals the way I'm circulating. Right. And I said, yes, that's wouldn't exactly right. Wouldn't have as much
2: of a pull. My audience would thin out. My ability to sell tickets would right. be reduced. Yeah, all those things. And
1: so it's a the question that we had, the question that was on the table during that conversation is... Uh, You know, it's it's exactly what he asked. Do you want to be right or do you want to work? And I said, well, I'd rather be right. (laughs) I'd rather be correct. I'd rather do what I think,
2: what I'm convicted is the truth. You both put your plans into action. (laughs) You both went your respective ways. You, hopefully toward righteousness, him toward earthly riches, and <laughs> and now you're like, but he didn't even ask me to go with him. And I like, know, he did. I can't
1: help it. It's he did feeling. ask
2: you to go with him, and you it's basically said no. What
1: what's what's still rattling around in my uh, in my head is the lie, the ghost of a lie that said that what you were doing before was ministry. What you were doing before, you actually were helping couples connect and get to another level, and you actually were buying some of the hype that said. Some of these couples are on the rocks and they're coming to this weekend and it's turned everything around. You were
2: buying that? You're...
1: At some level, I guess. I must have been. Yeah. I mean, I... I wasn't going in there. I mean, in my deep down, I knew, yeah, this is a bunch of, this is kind of a crock. But at the, you know, at some level, I was at least, I, I left. At least kept that quiet. I, I didn't stand up and claim everything we're doing is a hoax. This entire weekend is a joke. Right? It's not having the impact that we say that it's having.
2: No, but you're if you are dealing with some conference or a retreat where couples are paying upwards of twenty five hundred dollars just to be there, mm-hmm. you are you are not dealing with normal you know, day to day Christian family, like working class Christians trying to raise their kids in the Lord, you know, doing what they can on a daily basis, suffering through, you know, the average day. These are people with money. And that's not to say that if you have money, that you are a bad guy. But it is it does say that where you spend your money tells me something about you. And if that money that you're making doesn't immediately get reinvested into your, you know, f- growing your, growing the kingdom and strengthening your family, and it's instead being sent toward vacations, that's essentially just recreation. That's essentially eating and singing, like I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just going out to eat for a week. That, mm-hmm. that is not something that we want to be part of because it's not something I would do. Luke Luke and it's I It's such
0: a
1: weird thing for comedians to be sitting here talking about how those sort of events are not something that we want to be part of because that was our bread and butter for years.
2: Luke and I don't even do that stuff. Like Luke I and never I, did it either.
1: The only time the only conferences I ever went to were the ones I was performing at.
2: Right. Right. Well, and I'm just, again, not just talking about conferences, because usually... You don't I'll,
1: get much more hypocritical than that.
2: Like, the, only time
1: I'm, the only reason I'm at this conference is because I am being paid to talk to you. Me, I would never sit out there in the audience where you're at.
2: Marriage renewal is big business. I don't remember who it was. I think it was a musician a couple of years ago who was advertising, like, a tour of the Bahamas or something. These details are going to be super vague, and it wasn't exactly what I'm saying. But it was something right. like a Caribbean tour like it was several different islands or or like beach destinations that they were all going to be traveling to as couples to renew their marriage and it's like yeah. that costs a fortune yeah. it absolutely yeah. costs a fortune and i luke and i don't even go to the movies like there are people who who believe strongly that you need to go out to dinner at least once a month if not more often than that if you could swing it twice a month you know you need to go out and so that you can rekindle that romance and and make sure your marriage is strong. Right. We don't do that. Let alone spending. and look at
0: us. We are dripping with romance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Thankfully we're not. Thankfully that type of romance is not what we're interested in. And so I was, that's why I do not want to
1: say that there, isn't there there's a certain pressure that gets generated Right. Uh, uh in those groups to feel a certain way and to do a certain thing about well, I guess our marriage is not as solid right. as which, these people's marriage because we don't go out to eat.
2: I can't justify like supporting it. I can't justify investing in it or giving any indication whatsoever that I believe in that strategy or that like that theology. I well guess. that's
1: what I'm saying. I mean it's 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 hypocritical. And it hit me it hit me when I was at a Big old church, and this was towards the end of my, of my other, I almost want to say the end of my career, but I'm still doing comedy. But this was, uh, I don't know how that to. That era? At the end of the era, <laughs> yeah. But there was a conversation taking place back in the green room between the worship leader at the church and one of the other comics, And the worship leader was talking to the sound guy, the tech guy on on our tour. And he said, yeah, we've got got new lights coming in. Uh, They're like 80 grand. They paid like 80 grand or something for these lights. And the, the tech guy on our bus said, man, that's a lot of money. And the guy said, yes, but you need them. We need them because we're competing with such and such church you know, someplace else, mm-hmm. and it just it just hit me. It's like, oh, wow, and I, I can't avoid it anymore. I can't I can't pretend like, well, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's some actual ministry going on. Maybe these people have got the right. No, it was like. This is it. This it, he just said it. We're competing with this other church. That's why we need eighty thousand dollars worth of new lighting. I mean it's not like the stage was dark. It right. was they already had multi thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment in that place to put on a show. Mm-hmm. And it just I couldn't I couldn't shake it. I still haven't been able to shake it. It's like I'm participating in a giant lie here. I'm going out I'm going mm-hmm. into these mega churches and I'm and they're filling up with audience members and I'm telling my jokes and i'm doing comedy for the glory of god giving god the glory and that, uh, that part of it is true but there's still it's just an ickiness that mm. i couldn't wash off after that it's like
0: i i'm a hypocrite i think the reason these <clears throat> marriage conference and things are so popular is because people have bought the lie that your marriage is always supposed to look like what dating did like I just read a thing from Doug Wilson, I can't tell you what the book was, I don't remember. But he was talking about how marriages go through different stages and you and it's it's good and natural and it's and you've got to adjust accordingly. You can't hold on and, you know you need to these marriages that's that try to make it all about dating the entire time, they never grow. They never fully get into the other stages.
2: Nope, they get so good at dating that they end up dating their second wife and their third (laughs) wife and their fourth wife. Because
1: once the relationship hits the point where it has to go and it's into a different phase, Mm -hmm. that's when it ends. I
2: think that's why I enjoy telling... I, I like the analogy that I give all of my kids about what marriage is like. I want them to understand it's not just you know, butterflies or dating or what they see on movies, maybe. I tell them it's like... Like get used to the idea that you, when you get married, you're finding another sibling. Like it's, it's like brother. It's and sisters. like having a brother or a sister, depending on whether you are a boy or a girl. And because you adjust with your siblings, also as you go through life together, you you know each other as very little annoying kids, and you know each other in high school when you're opinionated and moody, and you know each other when you start having babies of your own, and you give each other advice and that stuff is I don't think there is another relationship that's like that where you have somebody roughly your age that you're expected to live under the same roof
1: foisted upon you forced into your proximity
2: yeah so if they're ready for that then they've already seen it can be done they've lived you know 12 years so far with each other and so they by the time they leave the household or leave our house they, uh, they will at least have, you know, a few, they'll have 18 years or so worth of experience that, hey, it is possible to continue having some sort of a relationship with this person, even though right. we've been through right. many well, a fight. Don't have,
1: you know, <laughs> when was the last time you got a flyer or some, I saw a poster at church for, hey, have you, have you and your brother had a chance to rekindle your sibling <laughs> relationship? Here's a, here's a sibling cruise that we're going on. It's seven days at sea with your sister and your brother in a cabin. Uh, just the two of you. Uh. Oh, my
2: gosh. That actually would be so fun. And if, if there was a sibling cruise, Tabby and Marla and Megan and I would totally go. Oh, you would go. Uh, but, but Yes. I still do have a, <laughs>
1: I can't reconnect with your big sister.
2: <laughs> people do freak out about it. People don't know how to have a relationship with their siblings. Moms mm-hmm. especially worry about the relationships their kids have sometimes, and or a lot. And I don't know how to help them. Like it was just it was just this week. I think on Friday. So yesterday, that I was at the park. There was this mom who was sitting on the bench near me, and her kids were playing near my kids, but not necessarily together but they're older. Like, my kids are in, you know, middle school and upper elementary school, and her kids were around the same age. And so these girls, her girls were, both had an attitude problem, but one more so than the other. And one of them was like, what? What are you looking at? Stop looking at me. Like, stuff, <laughs> just stuff like that. And, like, the, she, got, she got to the point where the mom was trying to kind of make her smile. Like, she was trying to help her pull her out of the attitude. And then the girl turned on the mom and was like, I'm mad at you too. And it was a couple of minutes later that the mom says to her, almost apologetically, she's like, are you really mad at me? And the daughter, the daughter goes, of course I am. I'm always mad at you. And then the mom pauses for a few seconds and she goes, well, I'm not mad at you. And, so <laughs> I, was <just> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, this, <laughs> this, this is not going to go well for these girls going forward. Because. Nope. They're not being taught how to take responsibility for their own sin. They're not no, being taught how to they're reconcile. They're not being told
1: that there's a possibility they can be ugly. Right. And
2: After terrible. somebody does something that nobody likes, mm-hmm. you know, nobody is telling them that nobody likes that and showing them what to do about it. Because everybody is unlikable sometimes. <laughs> but, like, then they need mom to say, all right, got to apologize to your sister because you guys are going to be lifelong friends and the only way to keep a friend is to be a friend and instead of a grump. And, like... That None of that was done. And so, yes, there are a lot of people who would, if they had such a thing as rekindling your friendship with your siblings, cruises or retreats or conferences, not... they would sign their kids up for that. I'm telling you that a mom like that would send her daughters to that retreat thinking uh... that their da- her daughters would come back friends.
1: Do you remember when you and your siblings were little kids? Wouldn't it be nice to rekindle that relationship?
2: Remember how you used no. to just
1: run barefoot in the rain no, and no. play on the swing set? People
2: think that's bad. Like They think the fact that you fought as kids was a sign that you did need a retreat. They would totally pay for that. That's what I'm saying.
1: Well, you, get, you get your brother and your sister and you go and you swing on swing sets and you ride bikes and you... Right. You dig a hole in the backyard. That's what
2: they'd do, and people would people would totally pay if they thought there was a chance that paying that money would get them that and nostalgic feeling. And that would rekindle feeling.
1: their relationship. Yes,
2: they yeah. would. Go, they would do it, and particularly again, no one, no one, seriously. Yes.
1: Like if I if I book that, if I if I set that retreat up, people would adults would come to that, no, and they would no, dig no, no. holes, and they would
2: adult mothers, but mothers of adult children would sign up their children. No, that's
1: not what I mean. I mean adults coming and reconnecting with, with... Trying the... to recapture the dating experience yeah. as a couple is like trying to recapture right. the childhood experience. Right, but the couple isn't a...
2: booking the tickets. The couple is not the one deciding to go on the retreats. It's one person. One neurotic woman is like, we need to go rekindle our relationship. And she buys the tickets. Same woman buying the tickets to the marriage retreats would buy the tickets for her children or possibly for herself and for a sibling who's also not into it and doesn't want to be here (laughs) and she would blame them she would say i've done everything in my power i've taken us to counseling i even got us tickets to the to the siblings retreat siblings and you didn't want to you were miserable the whole time you you
1: were you didn't even know
2: how lucky you were to be on that boat with me I,
1: i know it wouldn't work but what i'm saying is there's no reason why we shouldn't profit from it
2: I'm, I'm saying that it would work. And you, then
1: maybe I would get included with the cool kids yeah. back on the couples cruise because now it would be filthy
0: rich having bilked all of these uh, gullible women. Right. We would call it Siblings at Sea. Right. And uh, it, would, it would be a hit. Seaside Siblings.
2: Yeah right yeah i'm telling you that it that somebody would pay for it that people would pay for it if you marketed it as an opportunity to improve or strengthen the relationship and this it works on people no one would
1: go wait a minute this sounds dumb i don't know how this is going to strengthen our relationship because they don't don't, have
2: good relationships i don't know how (laughs) making
1: mud pies with my adult brother is going to
2: they don't have good relationships so they don't know what it takes to have a good one Uh, and so when you tell them this is how to have a good marriage. This is how to have a good relationship with your brother or your sister. And then it they doesn't go, work out. go, that must be it. And
1: then it doesn't work out and then eventually hopelessness sets in and they go, well, I guess it's not possible to right. have a good relationship.
2: Right, because they they don't know. Like by their own admission, they need this because their marriage is struggling or their you know friendship was struggling or whatever. And they're like, what I need is to spend a bunch of money because that seems right.
1: Well, how it got couched when, when I was involved was we just need a, a night out or a weekend but usually it was a night we just need a night out to just laugh and that's 90% of the time that's how I got introduced you know what you guys need a, your marriage needs to break away from the kids just come out and just laugh together right. and that will heal <laughs> and I've and I've I was a part of that. I was, I was the sideshow act. I was the gorilla girl in a cage right. while the carnival barker was out there saying, you won't believe it. Come and see it. Bring your marriage in and see the gorilla comedian. So in your
0: 30 years, have you ever received a letter from a couple thanking you for saving their marriage?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. In all honesty, he will get people who send him what I guess is fan mail saying, I did need that night out, I needed to laugh, I needed, but the thing is. I've gotten
1: those, but I haven't, I have not gotten anybody who has actually written me to say, we were on the verge of divorce, and then we laughed so hard that we said, you know what, we're gonna stick it out for another 40 years because
2: a person who is on the brink of divorce doesn't know what they need in order to save their marriage. And so if they say something to you like, You know what we need is a weekend to reconnect. That's a big red flag that probably what they need is not a weekend together to connect. If they knew what they needed, they wouldn't be on the brink of divorce in the first place. So we right. once again have a situation <clears throat> where our culture likes to elevate people who are struggling to a position And it's going so much more than a weekend. Well, they don't know what it's going to take. It's not right. just so much more than a weekend. Like, whatever they even do on that weekend trip is probably wrong. Mm. Like, laughing together? No, you need to actually sit down and have a conversation where you say true things, first of all. That's where humor is found too by the way but instead of escaping from your problems maybe maybe ask yourself whether escapism has been the continuous problem in your relationship all the time no
1: that's a big that's a big statement right does mom
2: get stressed out with the kids and so she just starts screaming i need a break nobody ever helps me with the babysitting nobody ever does the chores except for me Blah blah. that is the
1: instinct in the culture and in a lot of evangelicalism isn't it that when things are really hard i just need to disconnect from everything and get away from it and take a break and laugh or drink or smoke or all of it uh need to have an affair mm. i mean there's all sorts of yeah escapism is is seen as the answer but i what i'm saying carl <laughs> is that i have facilitated many of those events For
2: we sake. forgive you it's like we're dealing with tabby all over here <laughs> can't have a conversation about the problem in culture without i'm sorry i
0: thought i could
1: be honest about what i'm thinking and feeling about
2: tabby coming in to declare i'm what's wrong with the world i'm
1: sorry i thought i could tell you how i genuinely felt
2: listen and this is true forgive me if people are gonna have if people are gonna run smack into a wall and realize oh that wasn't the problem that i thought it was like that wasn't the thing that i needed to fix it somebody needs to provide them with what they think the solution is going to be somebody needs to help them spend a night out laughing so that come monday after a great friday night out laughing come monday they can go oh I'm still near divorce. I still
1: feel bad. And
2: so thank you, John. They may not thank you for this, but really thank you, John, for helping me realize I was misdiagnosing the problem. Like Edison with his light bulbs. Yeah. You know. So
1: if you'd like to send me a letter, Carl, and let me know that I was not the solution that you were looking yes. for. Yeah,
2: <laughs> turns out. <laughs> turns out I had a wake-up call when if I came you would, to your show.
1: If you've ever come to my show and laughed really hard and you realize, oh, this didn't fix any of my problems, if you are still send troubled. me a letter. Send to next door. At johnbrandy.com,
2: it will be and very encouraging. I will, I'll read it. I'll read it.
1: I remember John being told by the pastor of the church that this was going to change, this was going to be a turning point for me tonight. And you got on stage and you were funny. We enjoyed the show, but but nothing changed. It it is
2: possible for people. What they sometimes do then is they enjoyed themselves so much, and this is what you want to take responsibility for because you feel guilty for enabling. I do. They enjoyed it so much that then they think, we need to do that more and more and more.
1: We need to do it Then they become
2: drug addicts of sorts. They become addicted to the vacation mode Mindset to self care—that's what women call it. They they become addicted to escaping the situation because it felt so good for that few minutes. They think what they need is that more often, so they need to schedule it regularly. And then it me then it becomes weekly date nights we need to have, mm. and then it's maybe twice a week, and then it's well we need to be able to talk to each other every morning at breakfast over coffee because we have to reconnect. We have to, reconnect. Time.
0: we have to have a joint Facebook account. We have. to... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think
0: I think John just sets the standard too high. I think the females out there are like, man, I wish my husband was this funny. And then they go home <laughs> jealous. It? Yeah. I don't think, think that I no? don't think that's true. Do you? <laughs>
2: do
0: women want
1: women don't want their men to be funny. Um, my husband can't no. rock a salmon jacket like that.
2: Well that's <laughs> that's the thing. Very few like, people can. People who have struggling relationships don't know what they want. And they don't know what they need. That's the whole problem.
1: So anything that's different is probably what they need yes. because it's not what they have
2: yes so yeah. yeah if they've got a relationship where they think their husband's already trying to be funny too much they may not be tempted right. by another funny person but yeah if they've got a guy that they consider too dry or too serious or too uninteresting right. then maybe they would be tempted
1: well if there's anybody out there who thinks man it would be great if my husband was a comedian yeah we would just laugh all the time I guarantee <laughs> <that> my <laughs> she's laughing already my yeah. family does not laugh at me yeah. the way
0: Audiences do. Yeah. Also, well, the divorce rate of comedians is like, oh, it's way through the, high, through the roof. Yeah.
2: Well, because a lot of them are attention seeking, and and because are the because seeking. their
0: family
1: doesn't give them the attention that the audience gives them, and right. so they they cut them loose. Yeah. their my wife didn't get me. She didn't think I was funny. And it's like, well, welcome to the club. <laughs> welcome to reality. You know. <laughs> and you, you can't, you can't, I mean? anyway. you, can't ha- you can't have a relationship anyway. You can't you can't have a relationship. You can't have a meaningful relationship with somebody who is a dyed in the Wolf fan, and that goes both directions. I mean, it's just not, right. that, that's not a realistic relationship, to have To have somebody that you are idolizing um, right. won't no, work.
2: The only relationship you can have long-term is with somebody who's more like a sibling, so right. that they can both have a lot of fun with you and... Tell you you're a moron. I tell you
1: you're out of yeah you're, you're a jerk and and recognize you know you're not that big a deal. Right? <laughs> it's like you know I'm not I'm not a fan. I've seen you're you with the flu, Buster. <laughs> yeah. i I have I have thank God many many times over the course of my uh, esteemed career in comedy for the ordinary unsung people in my church and in my family who don't think I'm a big deal. Because I've seen what happens to the people who get elevated away from regular people—they become show business, whatever it is, or music business, whatever. Becomes they're surrounded by people who who basically just say yes to them all the time, and it just destroys them. They mm-hmm. they have absolutely no way to deal with reality. They can't deal with with reality outside of the stage or the theater. Because those people,
2: which is all of reality, that that's course. all of reality,
1: yeah. But but I mean, but there's an insulation that happens with these people, and the quicker, the younger you are when you become famous, um, I think the harder it is. These yeah. these people, it ruins them. It, absolute, sycophantic fans being surrounded by people who think you're the funniest, most talented, most the biggest deal. It's just not good for you. you just, there you go. People
2: yeah. don't even know what they're aiming for. Most, okay, I can't say most, but a lot of people. Many. They don't even know what a good marriage would be. Would it be two people who are each other's biggest fans? No. They think it is. I mean, no. if they thought about it at all, that's probably what they would start with thinking. Well,
1: plus, plus, it's not even possible because <laughs> if you're interested in attracting fans, then you are a bit of a narcissist and two narcissists cannot possibly be fans of each right. other.
2: Right. Well, and that's what ends up that's what ends up making it completely unsustainable for so many marriages. But they but again, if you're misdiagnosing the problem, you're just gonna keep on piling on more of the contaminant, thinking it's part of the cure. You're gonna keep seeking those highs, you know, those those really fun, amazing weekends or vacations. You're gonna keep doing more of what's killing you because you don't even have a really clear vision of what you're aiming for. If you're aiming for long term sustainability of the relationship then you're going to recognize that spending two to four thousand dollars on you know retreats each year it's not it that's not working but if your goal is to
1: sound like we're anti-vacation here right (laughs)
2: well if your goal is to have fun with the person that you're with no matter where you are if it's on vacation sure but also if it's at the breakfast table or Watching a movie at night or doing chores together. If that's the goal, then you should be thinking more in terms of how do siblings have strong relationships? Not what do I see on these romantic comedies or whatever. And, and I say all this, again, aware that most people or many people don't have great relationships with their siblings anymore either. I no, they don't. So, so it's, it's tough. But yeah, if you've got a whole group of people saying what we really need is this thing to fix our marriage, it's like, what you really need is to recognize that maybe you don't know what you really need. (laughs) I mean, really, like maybe you and all of your friends who are struggling should go and talk to somebody who's Uh, not instead of, you know, somebody who's trying to take money from you and or somebody who's also in the same boat struggling.
1: Right. Well, you get I the question that would pop into my mind is you know anybody who's been on that retreat what's what is their marriage like? And to be fair, there are people who go on those retreats who have pretty solid marriages. Uh,
2: you know who they are? They're the people who've gone 45 years and it's the first time they've ever gone anywhere. Those are the people like that I would hang out with at those retreats. If it's if think they're so 45 this is our first years, cruise.
1: We've been we married have 45 never years. We've been on
2: vacation. We just graduated our 6th kid. He's 18 now. Finally out of the house. This is the first time that we have yeah, left the yeah, state maybe... in 25 years.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So that's
0: my point. My point is God. that not everybody that goes no. on them has got a terrible relationship. No. No. I'm
2: talking about a type or a trend or a, you know. <laughs> I'm also okay
0: with people having a couple date nights a month as long as they don't see it as the, I don't as long as they don't see it as the one thing binding them together.
2: Uh, why would you do what it? Was
0: so funny was the, was the way he kind of the why, way he kind of hunkered down and
2: why would Knowing what you know about how that actually works (laughs) logistically, why would you spend the time finding a babysitter and all of the, like, planning that it goes into trying to make that happen unless you actually did believe that it was important for the sustainability of the marriage? Like, why would you even do it?
0: I mean, if, if you have a kid that's old enough to be the babysitter themselves, then you have a little more freedom to go and enjoy a night out.
2: Theoretically, he means... Theoretically, because we don't again, we don't. You're do getting this. Close. We don't do this. You're getting now.
1: close. We're getting
0: close.
2: Yeah. We we have. Well, there's something twice, to be said. There's twice, something
1: to be said for intentionally giving responsibilities to the oldest, right. which would be Cammy. But twice
2: and, we went to the grocery store and left Cammy home with the other three, and okay. so like if you count that romantic, if you count that Very as romantic. date night, to me it's we need to go to the grocery store, and you know the kids still haven't had dinner. Although so. I
1: gotta, I gotta admit, I have a, a little. I have some feelings, like when you guys will send pictures at the grocery store, you guys, all the grocery store, I kind of like, I, I kind of think, gosh, that looks fun. Man, like, that oh,
2: was <laughs> the life. Those were the days. <laughs>
1: And I remember doing it. I remember dragging the kids to the grocery store and having a different perspective on it. Uh-huh. So maybe now it's... But, you know, I you guys go to the grocery store and I and I see the pictures of everybody in the carts and they're everything. They're pretty good now. I'm like yeah, That looks like kind of fun.
2: Like, for the most part, they're pretty well behaved now because we've done it so much. But, yeah, there have still been times where I'm standing in the middle of the aisle looking at something <laughs> on the shelf and all four of them, like fireworks, burst out from, you know, in four different directions. And I'm like... What is happening? And people are having to dodge them or stop for them. And or
0: Emery is heeling down and on. Yes, they out. Yeah. have
2: those heely <laughs> stupid shoes, and that makes it. Really Your brother difficult.
0: Andrew was a Healy king. Uh, he was
1: heeling everywhere.
0: But
2: so yeah, it's not exactly it's not exactly a vacation.
1: So we are planning a siblings cruise, Carl. That'll be coming up. <laughs> Look for that uh, if you've got a brother and a sister no, that you're if you are can not not getting if, along no, no, with. Stop. We recommend not
2: if you. Can't can't get along with them if you already like your siblings you want to come hang out with me because i like mine then we can get together and just enjoy how much we enjoy each other i do no, not no, want to no. No. build i want
1: to i want to bill this as something that's going to no. absolutely heal your tattered don't bring relationship your drama
2: around we don't want it
1: <laughs> i do if you got the money i want it
2: Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.